Act 5 of The Bow Stratagem by George Farker This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act 5, Scene 1 A Room in Boniface's Inn Knocking Without Enter Boniface <laughs> Come in! Come in! A coach and six foaming horses at this time of night is some great man, as the saying is, for he scorns to travel with other people. Enter Sir Charles Freeman. What, fellow? A public house and a bed when other people sleep? Aye. Aunt, a bed, <laughs> as the saying is. Is Mr. Sullen's family a bed, think ye? All but the squire himself, as the saying is, sir. He's in the house. What company has he? Why, sir, there's the constable, Mr. Gage, the excise man, the hunchbacked barber, and two or three other gentlemen aside i find my sister's letters gave me the true picture of her spouse enter squire sullen drunk sir here's the squire the puppies left me asleep sir well sir sir i am an unfortunate man I have three thousand pounds a year, and I can't get a man to drink a cup of ale with me. That's very hard. Aye, sir. Unless you have pity upon me, and smoke one pipe with me, I must e'en go home to my wife. I'd rather go to the devil by half. But I presume, sir, you won't see your wife tonight. She'll be gone to bed. You don't use to lie with your wife in that pickle. What, I not lie with my wife? Why, sir, do you take me for an atheist or a rake? If you hate her, sir, I think you had better lie from her. I think so too, friend. But I'm a justice of the peace. And must do nothing against the law. Law. As I take it, Mr. Justice, nobody observes law for law's sake, only for the good of those for whom it was made. But if the law orders me to send you to jail, you must lie there, my friend. Not unless I commit a crime to deserve it. A crime? Whom's ain't I married? Nay, sir, if you call a marriage a crime, you must disown it for a law. Eh? I must be acquainted with you, sir. But, sir, I should be very glad to know the truth of this matter. Truth, sir, is a profound sea, and few there be that dare weigh deep enough to find out the bottom on it. Besides, sir, I'm afraid the line of your understanding mayn't be long enough. Look ye, sir, I have nothing to say to your sea of truth, but 
if a good parcel of land can entitle a man to a little truth i have as much as any he in this country i i never heard your worship as the saying is talk so much before because i never met with a man that i liked before pray sir as the saying is let me ask you one question are not man and wife one flesh you and your wife mr guts may be one flesh because you are nothing else but rational creatures have minds that must be united minds ay minds sir don't you think that the mind takes place of the body in some people then the interest of the master must be consulted before that of his servant sir you shall dine with me to-morrow ooms i always thought that we were naturally one sir i know that my two hands are naturally one because they love one another kiss one another help one another in all the actions of life but i could not say so much if they were always at cuffs then tis plain that we are two why don't you part with her sir will you take her sir with all my heart you shall have her to-morrow morning and a venison pasty into the bargain you'll let me have her fortune too fortune why sir i have no quarrel with her fortune i only hate the woman sir and none but the woman shall go but her fortune sir can you play a whisk sir no truly sir not at all fours neither squire sullen aside oh where was this man bred aloud burn me sir i can't go home tis but two o'clock for half an hour sir if you please but you must consider tis late late that's the reason i can't go to bed come sir exeunt enter cherry runs across the stage and knocks at aimwell's chamber door enter aimwell in his nightcap and gown what's the matter you tremble child you're frightened no wonder sir but in short sir this very minute a gang of rogues are gone to rob my lady bountiful's house how i dogged him to the very door and left him breaking in have you alarmed anybody else with the news no no sir i wanted to have discovered the whole plot and twenty other things to your man martin but i have searched the whole house and can't find him where is he no matter child will you guide me immediately to the house with all my heart sir lady bountiful is my godmother and i love mrs dorinda so well dorinda that name inspires me the glory and the danger shall be all mine own come my life let me but get my sword exeunt act five scene two a bedchamber in lady bountiful's house mrs sullen and dorinda discovered undressed a table 
and lights. "'Tis very late, sister. No news of your spouse yet?" "'No. I'm condemned to be alone till towards four, and then perhaps I may be executed with his company." "'Well, my dear, I'll leave you to your rest. You'll go directly to bed, I suppose." "'I don't know what to do. Hey-ho!" "'That's a desiring sigh, sister." "'This is a languishing hour, sister.' "'I might prove a critical minute if the pretty fellow were here.' "'Here? What, in my bedchamber at two o'clock in the morning? I undressed, the family asleep, my hated husband abroad, and my lovely fellow at my feet. Oh, gad, sister! Thoughts are free, sister, and them I allow you. So, my dear, good night. A good rest to my dear Dorinda. Exit Dorinda. Thoughts free. Are they so? Why, then, suppose him here, dressed like a youthful, gay, and burning bridegroom. Here Archer steals out of a closet behind. With tongue enchanting, eyes bewitching, knees imploring. Turns a little on one side, and sees Archer in the posture she describes. Ah! Runs to the other side of the stage. Have my thoughts raised a spirit? What are you, sir, a man or a devil? A man, a man, madam. Rising. How shall I be sure of it? Madam, I'll give you demonstration this minute. Takes her hand. What, sir, do you intend to be rude? Yes, madam, if you please. In the name of wonder, whence came you? From the skies, madam. I'm a Jupiter in love, and you shall be my Alcmena. How came you in? I flew in at the window, madam. Your cousin Cupid lent me his wings, and your sister Venus opened the casement. I'm struck dumb with wonder. And I, with admiration. Looks passionately at her. What will become of me? How beautiful she looks. The teeming jolly spring smiles in her blooming face. And when she was conceived, her mother smelt to roses, looked on lilies. Lilies unfold their white, their fragrant charms, when the warm sun thus darts into their arms. Runs to her. Oh! Owns, madam, what do you mean? You'll raise the house. Sir, I'll wake the dead before I bear this. What approach me with the freedom of a keeper? I'm glad, aunt. Your impudence has cured me. If this be impudence. Kneels. I leave to your partial self no panting pilgrim, after a tedious, painful voyage, ere bow before his saint with more devotion. Mrs. Sullen, aside. Now, now, I'm ruined if he kneels. Aloud. Rise, thou prostrate engineer. Not all thy undermining skills shall reach my heart. Rise, and know I am a woman without my sex. I can love to all the tenderness of wishes, sighs, and tears. But go no further. Still, to convince you that— I'm more than woman. I can speak my frailty, confess my weakness even for you, but— For me. Going to lay hold on her. Hold, sir. Build not upon that. For my most mortal hatred follows if you disobey what I command you now. Leave this minute. Aside. If he denies I'm lost. Then you'll promise? Anything. Another time. When shall I come? Tomorrow. When you will. 
your lips must seal the promise pshaw they must they must kisses her raptures in paradise and why not now my angel the time the place silence and secrecy all conspire and the now conscious stars have preordained this moment for my happiness takes her in his arms you will not cannot sure if the sun rides fast and disappoints not mortals of to-morrow's dawn this night shall crown my joys oh my sex's pride assist me my sex's strength help me you shall kill me first i'll die with you carrying her off thieves thieves murder enter scrub in his breeches and one shoe thieves thieves murder popery ha the very timorous stag will kill in rutting time draws and offers to stab scrub scrub kneeling oh pray sir spare all i have and take my life mrs sullen holding archer's hand what does the fellow mean oh madam down upon your knees your marrow-bones he's one of em of whom one of the rogues i beg your pardon one of the honest gentlemen that just now i broke into the house how i hope you did not come to rob me indeed i did madam but i would have taken nothing but what you might have spared but your crying thieves has waked this dreaming fool and so he takes em for granted granted tis granted sir take all we have the fellow looks as if he were broke out of bedlam Hums, madam they broke into the house with fire and sword i saw them hurt them they'll be here this minute what thieves under favour sir i think so what shall we do sir madam i wish your ladyship a good night will you leave me leave you lord madam did you not command me to be gone just now upon pain of your immortal hatred nay but pray sir takes hold of him <laughs> now comes my turn to be ravished you see now madam you must use men one way or other but take this by the way good madam that none but a fool will give you the benefit of his courage unless you'll take his love along with it how are they armed friend with sword and pistol sir hush i see a dark lantern coming through the gallery madam be assured i will protect you or lose my life your life no sir they can rob me of nothing that i value half so much therefore now sir let me entreat you to be gone no madam i'll consult my own safety for the sake of yours i'll work by stratagem have you courage enough to stand the appearance of em yes yes since i have escaped your hands i can face anything come hither brother scrub don't you know me hey my dear brother let me kiss thee kisses archer this way here archer and scrub hide behind the bed enter gibbet with a dark lantern in one hand and a pistol in the other ay ay this is the chamber and the lady alone who are you sir what would you have do you come to rob me rob you alack a day madam i am only a younger brother madam and so madam if you make a noise i'll shoot you through the head but don't be afraid madam laying his lantern and pistol upon the table 
these rings madam don't be concerned madam i have a profound respect for you madam your keys madam don't be frightened madam i am the most of a gentleman searching her pockets this necklace madam i never was rude to any lady i have a veneration for this necklace here archer having come round and seized the pistol takes gibbet by the collar trips up his heels and claps the pistol to his breast hold profane villain and take the reward of thy sacrilege oh pray sir don't kill me i ain't prepared how many is there of em scrub five and forty sir then i must kill the villain to have him out of the way hold hold sir we are but three upon my honour scrub will you undertake to secure him not i sir kill him kill him run to gypsy's chamber there you'll find the doctor bring him hither presently exit scrub running come rogue if you have a short prayer say it sir i have no prayer at all the government has provided a chaplain to say prayers for us on these occasions pray sir don't kill him you fright me as much as him the dog shall die madam for being the occasion of my disappointment sirrah this moment is your last sir i'll give you two hundred pounds to spare my life have you no more rascal yes sir i can command four hundred but i reserve two of them to save my life at the sessions re-enter scrub and foygar here doctor i suppose scrub and you between may manage him lay hold of him doctor foygar lays hold of gibbet what turned over to the priest already look here doctor you come before your time i ain't condemned yet i thank ye come my dear joy i will secure your body and your soul too i will make you a good catholic and give you an absolution absolution can you procure me a pardon doctor no joy then you and your absolution may to the devil convey him into the cellar there bind him take the pistol and if he offers to resist shoot him through the head and come back to us with all the speed you can i i come doctor you hold him fast and i'll guard him exit foygar with gibbet scrub following but how came the doctor in short madam shrieking without his death the rogues are at work with the other ladies i'm vexed i parted with the pistol but i must fly to their assistance will you stay here madam or venture yourself with me mrs sullen taking him by the arm oh with you dear sir with you exeunt act five scene three another bedchamber in the same enter hounslow and bagshot with swords drawn hailing in lady bountiful and dorinda come come your jewels mistress your keys your keys old gentlewoman enter aimwell and cherry turn this way villains i durst engage an army in such a cause he engages them both oh madam had i but a sword to help the brave man there's three or four hanging up in the hall but they won't draw i'll go fetch one however exit 
Enter Archer and Mrs. Sullen. Hold, hold, my lord, every man his buried prey. They engage man to man. Hounslow and Bagshot are thrown and disarmed. Cherry, aside. What? The rogue's taken? Then they'll impeach my father. I must give him timely notice. Runs out. Shall we kill the rogues? No, no, we'll bind them. Aye, aye. To Mrs. Sullen, who stands by him. Here, madam, lend me your garter. Mrs. Sullen, aside. The devil's in this fellow. He fights, loves, and banters all in a breath. <gasps> Aloud. Here's a cord that the rogues brought with him, I suppose. Right, right, the rogue's destiny. A rope to hang himself. Come, my lord, this is but a scandalous sort of an office. Binding the highwaymen together. If our adventures should end in this sort of hangman work, but I hope there is something in prospect that— Enter Scrub. Well, Scrub, have you secured your tartar? Yes, sir. I left the priests and him disputing about religion. And pray carry these gentlemen to reap the benefit of the controversy. Delivers the prisoners to Scrub, who leads them out. Pray, sister, how came my lord here? And pray, how came the gentleman here? I'll tell you the greatest piece of villainy. They talk in dumb show. I fancy, Archer, you have been more successful in your adventures than the housebreakers. No matter for my adventure. Yours is the principal. Press her this minute to marry you. Now, while she's hurried between the palpitation of her fear and the joy of her deliverance, now while the tide of her spirits is at high flood, throw yourself at her feet, speak some romantic nonsense or other, address her like Alexander in the height of his victory, confound her senses, bear down her reason, and away with her. The priest is now in the cellar and dare not refuse to do the work. Re-enter Lady Bountiful. But how shall I get off without being observed? You will love her and not find a way to get off. Let me see. You bleed, Archer. His death, I'm glad on it. This wound will do the business. I'll amuse the old lady and Mrs. Sullen about dressing my wound while you carry off Dorinda. Gentlemen, could we understand how you would be gratified for the services? Come, come, my lady. This is no time for compliments. I'm wounded, madam. How? how? Wounded? wounded? I hope, sir, you have received no hurt. None but what you may cure. Makes love in dumb show. Let me see your arm, sir. I must have some powder sugar to stop the blood. Oh, me, an ugly gash, upon my word, sir, you must go into bed. Ay, my lady, a bed would do very well. To Mrs. Sullen. Madam, will you do me the favour to conduct me to a chamber? Do. Do, daughter. While I get the lint and the probe and the plaster ready. Runs out one way. Aimwell carries off Dorinda another. Come, madam, why don't you obey your mother's commands? How can you, after what is past, have the confidence to ask me? And if you go to that, how can you, after what has passed, have the confidence to deny me? Was not this bloodshed in your defence, and my life exposed for your protection? Looky, madam, I'm none of your romantic fools that fight giants and monsters for nothing. My valour is downright Swiss. I'm a soldier of fortune, and must be paid. Tis ungenerous in you, sir, to upbraid me with your services. Tis ungenerous in you, madam, not to reward em. How? At the expense of my honour? Honour. Can honour consist with ingratitude? If you would deal like a woman of honour, do like a man of honour. Do you think I would deny you in such a case? 
Enter a servant. Madam, my lady ordered me to tell you that your brother is below at the gate. Exit. My brother! Heavens be praised! Sir, he shall thank you for your services. He has it in his power. Who is your brother, madam? Sir Charles Freeman. You'll excuse me, sir. I must go and receive him. Exit. Sir Charles Freeman? Miss Jeth and Hell, my old acquaintance. Now, unless Amel has made good use of his time, all our fair machine goes souse into the sea like the Eddystone. Exit. Act Five, Scene Four. The gallery in the same house. Enter Aimwell and Dorinda. Well, well, my lord, you have conquered. Your late generous action will, I hope, plead for my easy yielding. Though I must own, your lordship had a friend in the fort before. The sweets of Hibla dwell upon her tongue. Here, doctor. Enter Fuigar with a book. Are you prepared, but? I'm ready. But first, my lord, one word. I have a frightful example of a hasty marriage in my own family. When I reflect upon't, it shocks me. Pray, my lord, consider a little. Consider? Do you doubt my honour or my love? Neither. I do believe you equally just as brave, and were your whole sex drawn out for me to choose, I should not cast on look upon the multitude if you were absent. But, my lord, I'm a woman. Colours, concealments may hide a thousand faults in me. Therefore know me better first. I hardly dare affirm I know myself in anything except my love. Aimwell, aside. Such goodness who could injure? I find myself unequal to the task of villain. She has gained my soul and made it honest like her own. I cannot, cannot hurt her. Aloud. Doctor, retire. Exit Foygar. Madam, behold your lover and your proselyte, and judge of my passion by my conversion. I am all a lie, nor dare I give a fiction to your arms. I am all counterfeit except my passion. Forbid it, heaven, a counterfeit. I am no lord, but a poor, needy man. Come with a mean, a scandalous design to prey upon your fortune. But the beauties of your mind and person have so won me from myself, that, like a trusty servant, I prefer the interest of my mistress to my own. Sure I have had the dream of some poor mariner, a sleepy image of a welcome port, and wake involved in storms. Pray, sir, who are you? Brother to the man whose title I usurped, but stranger to his honour or his fortune. Matchless honesty! Once I was proud, sir, of your wealth and title, but now I'm prouder that you want it. Now I can show my love was justly levelled, and had no aim but love. Doctor, come in. Enter Foygar at one door, Gypsy at another, who whispers Dorinda. To Foygar. Your pardon, sir, we shan't want you now. To Aimwell. Sir, you must excuse me. I'll wait on you presently. Exit with Gypsy. Upon my soul, now this is foolish. Exit. Gone, and bid the priest depart. It has an ominous look. Enter Archer. Courage, Tom. Shall I wish you joy? No. Owns man, what have you been doing? Oh, Archer, my honesty, I fear, has ruined me. How? I have discovered myself. Discovered? And without my consent? What, 
have i embarked my small remains in the same bottom with yours and you dispose of all without my partnership oh archer i own my fault after conviction tis then too late for pardon you may remember mr amwell that you proposed this folly as you begun so end it henceforth i'll hunt my fortune single so farewell stay my dear archer but a minute stay what to be despised exposed and laughed at no i would sooner change conditions with the worst of the rogues to be just now bound than bear one scornful smile from the proud knight that i once treated as my equal what knight sir charles freeman brother to the lady that i had almost but no matter for that tis a cursed knight's work and so i leave you to make the best on it going freeman one word archer still i have hopes methought she received my confession with pleasure Zdeath, who doubts it she consented after to the match and still i dare believe she will be just to herself i warrant her as you should have been by all my hopes she comes and smiling comes re-enter dorinda mighty gay come my dear lord i fly with impatience to your arms the minutes of my absence were a tedious year where's the priest re-enter foygar oons a brave girl i suppose my lord this gentleman is privy to our affairs yes yes madam i'm to be your father come priest do your office make haste make haste couple him anyway takes aimwell's hand come madam i'm to give you my mind's altered i won't eh i'm confounded upon my soul and so is myself what's the matter now madam look ye sir one generous action deserves another this gentleman's honour obliged him to hide nothing from me my justice engages me to conceal nothing from him in short sir you are the person that you thought you counterfeited you are the true lord viscount aimwell and i wish your lordship joy now priest you may be gone if my lord is pleased now with the match let his lordship marry me in the face of the world what does she mean here's a witness for my truth enter sir charles freeman and mrs sullen my dear lord aimwell i wish you joy of what of your honour and estate your brother died the day before i left london and all your friends have writ after you to brussels among the rest i did myself the honour harkee sir knight don't you banter now tis truth upon my honour thanks to the pregnant stars that formed this accident thanks to the womb of time that brought it forth away with it thanks to my guardian angel that led me to the prize taking dorinda's hand and double thanks to the noble sir charles freeman my lord i wish you joy my lady i wish you joy egad sir freeman you're the honestest fellow living his death i'm grown strange airy upon this matter my lord how do ye a word my lord don't you remember something of a previous agreement that entitles me to the moiety of this lady's fortune which i think will amount to five thousand pounds not a penny archer you would have cut my throat just now because i would not deceive this lady ay and i'll cut your throat again if you should deceive her now that's what i expected and to end the dispute the lady's fortune is ten thousand pounds we'll divide stakes take the ten thousand pounds or the lady how is your lordship so indifferent 
No, 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 madam. His lordship knows very well that I'll take the money. I leave you to his lordship, and so we're both provided for. Enter Count Belair. Mesdames et messieurs, I am your servant très humble. I hear you be rob here. The ladies have been in some danger, sir. I began our inn be rob too. Our inn? By whom? By the landlord, Begar. Girl soon he has robbed himself and run away. Robbed himself? I, Begar, and me too of a hundred pound. A hundred pounds? Yes, that I owed him. Our money's gone, Frank. Rot the money, my wench is gone. To Count Belair. Savez-vous quelque chose de Mademoiselle Cherry? Enter a countryman with a strong box and a letter. Is there one Martin here? Aye, aye, who wants him? I have a box and letter for him. Archer, taking the box. Ha, <laughs> what's here? Ledger de man. By this light, my lord, our money again. But this unfolds the riddle. Opening the letter. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, tis for the public good and must be communicated to the company. Reads. Mr. Martin, my father, being afraid of an impeachment by the rogues that are taken to-night, is gone off. But if you can procure him a pardon, he'll make great discoveries that may be useful to the country. Could I have met you instead of your master to-night, I would have delivered myself into your hands with a sum that much exceeds that in your strong box, which I have sent you, with an assurance to my dear Martin that I shall ever be his most faithful friend till death. Cherry Boniface. There's a billet doux for you, and as for the father I think he ought to be encouraged, and for the daughter, pray, my lord, persuade your bride to take her into her service instead of gypsy. I can assure you, madam, your deliverance was owing to her discovery. Your command, my lord, will do without the obligation. I'll take care of her. This good company meets opportunely in favour of a design I have in behalf of my unfortunate sister. I intend to part her from her husband. Gentlemen, will you assist me? Assist you? His death would not. Assist? Garzun, we all assist. Enter Squire Sullen. What's all this? They tell me, spouse, that you had like to have been robbed. Truly, spouse, I was pretty near it, had not these two gentlemen interposed. How came these gentlemen here? <laughs> That's his way of returning thanks, you must know. You promised last night, sir, that you would deliver your lady to me this morning. Hmm. Humph! What do you mean by humph? Sir, you shall deliver her. In short, sir, we have saved you and your family, and if you are not civil, we'll unbind the rogues, join with them, and set fire to your house. What does the man mean, not part with his wife? I, Garçon, the man no understand common justice. Hold, gentlemen. All things here must move by consent. Compulsion would spoil us. Let my dear and I talk the matter over, and you shall judge it between us. Let me know first who are to be our judges. Pray, sir, who are you? I am Sir Charles Freeman, come to take away your wife. And you, good sir? Thomas, Viscount Aimwell, come to take away your sister. And you, 
pray, sir? Francis Archer, Esquire, come. To take away my mother, I hope. Gentlemen, you're heartily welcome. I never met with three more obliging people since I was born. And now, my dear, if you please, you shall have the first word. And the last for five pounds. Spouse? Rib. How long have we been married? By the almanac, fourteen months. But by my account, fourteen years. Tis thereabout by my reckoning. Garzon, sir, I can't will agree. Pray, spouse, what did you marry for? To get an heir to my estate. And have you succeeded? No. The condition fails of his side. Pray, madam, what did you marry for? To support the weakness of my sex by the strength of his, and to enjoy the pleasures of an agreeable society. Are your expectations answered? No. A clear case, a clear case. What are the bars to your mutual contentment? In the first place, I can't drink ale with him. Nor can I drink tea with her. I can't hunt with you. Nor can I dance with you. I hate cocking and racing. And I abhor ombre and piquet. Your silence is intolerable. Your prating is worse. Have we not been a perpetual offence to each other? A gnawing vulture at the heart? A frightful goblin to the sight. A porcupine to the feeling. Perpetual wormwood to the taste. Is there a thing on earth we could agree in? Yes, to part. With all my heart. Your hand. Here. These hands joined us. These shall part us. Away. North. South. East. West. Far as the poles asunder. Because the ceremony be very pretty. Now, Mr. Sullen, there wants only my sister's fortune to make us easy. Sir Charles, you love your sister, and I love her fortune. Every one to his fancy. Then you want refund? Not a stiver. Then I find, madam, you must e'en go to your prison again. What is the portion? Ten thousand pounds, sir. Garzo, I'll pay it, and she shall go home with me. Ha, <laughs> French all over. Do you know, sir, what ten thousand pounds English is? No, not, not justement. Why, sir, tis a hundred thousand livres. A hundred thousand livres. Oh, 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 oh. Garzo, me cannot do it. Your beauties and their fortunes are both too much for me. Then I will. This night's adventure has proved strangely lucky to us all. For Captain Gibbet in his walk had made bold, Mr. Sullen, with your study in Escritor, and had taken out all the writings of your estate, all the articles of marriage with this lady, bills, bonds, leases, receipts, to an infinite value. I took em from him, and I deliver em to Sir Charles. Gives Sir Charles Freeman 
a parcel of papers and parchments. How my writings? My head aches consumedly. Well, gentlemen, you shall have her fortune. But I can't talk. If you have a mind, Sir Charles, to be merry, and celebrate my sister's wedding and my divorce, you may command my house. But my head aches consumedly. Scrub, bring me a dram. Archer to Mrs. Sullen. Madam, there's a country dance to the trifle that I sung today. Your hand and we'll lead it up. Here, a dance. Twould be hard to guess which of these parties is the better pleased, the couple joined or the couple parted, the one rejoicing in hopes of an untasted happiness, and the other in their deliverance from an experienced misery. Both happy in their several states we find, those parted by consent and those conjoined. Consent, if mutual, saves the lawyer's fee. Consent is law enough to set you free. Exeunt omnes. Epilogue. If to our play your judgment can't be kind, let its expiring author pity find. Survey his mournful case with melting eyes, nor let the bard be damned before he dies. Forbear, you fair, on his last scene to frown, but his true exit with applauded crown then shall the dying poet cease to fear the dreadful knell while your applause he hear at Lucra, so the conquering theban died claimed his friends praises but their tears denied pleased in the pangs of death he greatly thought conquest with loss of life but cheaply bought the difference this the greek was one would fight as brave, though not so gay, as Sergeant Kite. Ye sons of wills, what's that to those who write? To Thebes alone the Grecian owed his bays. You may the bard above the hero raise, since yours is greater than Athenian praise. End of The Bow Stratagem by George Farker